Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. I've summarized it here. Abba Day is a WCF holy day in which we acknowledge our love for our Heavenly Father. It's our trust, our confidence, and appreciation for all that Daddy has done for us and not only forgiving our sins, restoring our lost fellowship and making us accepted through His Son, Jesus Christ, and righteous and making us His family, okay? We bring an offering today as a token of our appreciation to worship and to thank him for all his abundant goodness in our lives that has blessed our families, our relationships, our finances, and health. We come today with our offering and acknowledge that the Father's faithful, merciful, kind, caring, loving, forgiving, patient, and always present in our lives and good all the time to us. We thank you, Father, in advance for responding to our faith in your word that says, remember this, that a farmer who only plants a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each make up your own mind as what you are to give is what Corinthians teaches us. Don't give reluctantly our response to pressure, for God loves the person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need, and then you will always uh, have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, godly people give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will never be forgotten, for God is the one who gives seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will give you many opportunities to do good, and he will produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched so that you can give uh, even more generously. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We believe in these principles. We believe in these laws. We believe that they're not just in there to tease us. We believe they're in to challenge us. And the Bible speaks about to charge, to give a a declaration to those that are rich amongst us, that they'd be generous, benevolent in every good work, laying up in store for them uh, treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot get at. So we just encourage everybody to do their very, very best. And we believe that there's people in here that can give a million dollars. We believe there's people in here that can give half million, quarter million, uh, 100,000 gifts, as well as 10,000 and 100,000 and 50 dollar gifts. Every gift is monumental to God. Every gift is given in proportion to what we have, not what we don't have. And together it's going to make it. And we're going to see last year we had a record over here. By far was the biggest. uh, I think we ought to give God thanks for that. It was by far the biggest one we had ever had. It's higher than the one we had from the year before. And it broke all records. And this year we stretched our faith and believed today from all those that had given. So thank you. There's no pressure And what you do, never give with the wrong heart or the wrong motivation because we want God to be partners with you. We want God to work inside of each of our hearts. Amen? So in a few minutes, we're going to have the opportunity. The ushers will be down there. They'll be dancing. They'll be breaking out with song, and it's going to be a good time. But Kathy, you go right in. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to talk about our Heavenly Father. You know, a lot of people here today, including myself, did not have a good father to relate to. 
in your life. And I know for myself, my father left when I was five years old. He was actually forced to leave because he was abusive to my mother, very physically abusive. And he was an alcoholic and he was also a compulsive gambler. And so there was just a lot of domestic violence and issues in my home up until I was five years old. And then when he left, we never saw him again until I was an adult. And he never supported my mother. And so she really struggled, you know, raising a family. She had three children. And of course, she went on to get married to numerous times, and uh, a lot of you have heard my story. But you know what? When I grew up, I didn't have an understanding of what a father was because I never had a father, really. And uh, when I got saved and God became my heavenly father, in my earlier years as a Christian, I had a lot of trouble relating to God because, you know, God is our father. And if you don't know or have the concept of what a father is, then you're going to assume God is like your father. And if you don't even have a father, then you really don't know what that is. And you also have trouble... uh, being able to receive from God and believe in his love. And I really struggled with that in my earlier years as a Christian because I didn't, you know, if you grow up feeling rejected and feeling like something's wrong with you, then you're going to think your heavenly father will be the same way. But Jesus said this, the truth will set you free. And as I grew and learned the character of God and, and grew to understand that, it made a difference. And I want to read a scripture here in, um, in Hebrews, actually, no, the first one, sorry, yeah, the first one I want to read is in Hebrews 2.11. It says, so now Jesus, he makes holy, have the same father. How many know we all have the same father as believers, right? Mm -hmm. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. So if we all have the same heavenly father, how many know that means we are all brothers and sisters? And Jesus is our brother, right? And so the Bible says, so we are his children. We are really his children. And it's hard sometimes to wrap your head around that. We can say it almost like it's a cliche in the church where we don't really get what it really means. And we really have to understand. And if you go back to 1 Peter, I love this verse in 1 Peter 1 verse 2. It says, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. Okay, think about that for a minute. God knew you and chose you long ago. You might think, what does that mean? Well, there's other scripture that says God chose us before the foundation of the world. So in other words, God saw you already. He saw all of your flaws, all of your faults, all of your failures, all of your mistakes, all of, all of the things that you have done that you're ashamed of. He saw all your good things. He saw your accomplishments. He saw all kinds of things. But God, it says God knew you and chose you. Come on. You know, sometimes the biggest problem we have is loving ourselves. Because we know our own weaknesses. We know what we do wrong. We know where we miss it. We know our flaws. And so, you know, a lot of times we're so afraid to even acknowledge our own. Have you ever seen somebody that's really defensive? They never want to admit they're wrong. And the reason why is because if they do, they'll feel like they'll be rejected. They can't accept it themselves. Yet God accepts you and loves you. And the Bible says there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. He knew you and he still chose you. That's awesome. One of the things that I've learned, I might as well say it all right now because I'm out of time. We're almost out of time. (laughs) But um, one of the things I've learned and one of the most, there's two 
Uh, the most important things you can do as a believer, sure. and if you do this, and this is why the encounters are so successful, because a lot of this gets accomplished on an encounter. But the most important thing you can do is know the character of God. We just sang a song, you're a good, good oh, father, right? You're perfect in every way. You know what? That is true. You might That's look right. at circumstances and judge God by circumstances, but you need to judge God by the cross. That's right. Because circumstances change, they lie, and they have purposes that you don't even know about. But you need to know the character of God. And in that, you need to know the love of God. And again, you see that at the cross. But I remember years ago, and this is where the word sets you free. People often ask me, how do you do it? How do you do it? You know, uh, I do it because of the word of God. The word sets me free. And every right. time I, I feel I'm in bondage or every time I get off track, I got to go back to the word. And when I go back to the word, it sets me straight. And it, and it causes me to believe properly about myself and about God. And one of the things I had to do to learn the love of the Father was I had to write out a whole bunch of scriptures on the love of God. I went through the whole New Testament, went through Old Testament scriptures. I had pages of scriptures that talked about how much God loved me. And I meditated on those scriptures. I read them out loud. I prayed those scriptures until I got it from here to my heart. And when you get that revelation in your heart, you will weep with gratitude. That's when you know you got it. And you'll want to be like him. And you'll want to change. In fact, the rest of the scripture says, as a result, first of all, it says, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. You don't make yourself holy. You'll never be good enough on your own. His spirit made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. So in other words, because when you really get the love of God, you'll want to be like him. You will want to do good. You'll want to love. You'll want to be a blessing. You'll want to be like him. If you don't want to be, then you don't know his love yet. But you have the ability to know it if you make that choice. You know, the word father is brought out in the scripture. There's actually 943 references to father. There's actually in 830 verses as well as the word fathers and the plural is 536 references in 505 verses. The reason I mention that is because God's word puts such a strong emphasis on the fathers today. And I want you to go to 1 John chapter 2 for just a moment. And if they could put up verse number 24 up here in the New Living. And we're just going to read a few verses and then just wind down over here. But what I've learned, I had just the opposite of Kathy in the relationship with my father. I didn't have a father wound. I had a mother wound, okay? And that might sound a little bit weird, but that's what I really had. And God healed that up when mom came to Christ. Even she tried many, many years before that to heal that up. And, and by the grace of God, she had a good homecoming and things worked out very, very well the last probably 20 some years of her life. But I remember daddy uh, coming up uh, when, when I was growing up, I was very close to him. My mom used to say, and my uh, the family members said, when your dad got up uh, to go to work in the morning, because he worked in the produce industry, and usually one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, he'd be up and going out. And they said it was hardly a day that went by that I wasn't standing up in my crib waiting for dad to come in and give me a hug and a kiss. And he said I could be sound asleep, but I would wake up at that time just to get that. And I didn't understand that at all. And I just, I was always very, very close with my dad. And then uh, some things came up in the family and, and the upbringing wasn't the best. There was a lot of bickering, a lot of fighting that went on inside of the home. And I'm not proud of that. And I'm, you know, and it affects you. It affects children. It affects the generations when they're there. 
And so, you know, I believe that was part of the reason that I, they had asthma and many other things way back there, but I'm not going to develop that or use that as an excuse to stay in that. But I, I just know that it was very, if you want to call it, there was a lot of dysfunction that was going on in there. So at, you know, 14 years of age, I got into the bottle. I started smoking at, even prior to that, years before, and uh, started doing some, some really bad things and then kind of made some bad choices, messed up my life and decisions. Next thing I know, 18 years old, 19, I'm on my own, on my own trying to raise, put the money on the table to feed now, had a son coming on the way, and my whole life was just totally, totally in chaos there. And my family pretty much shunned me for years, just had nothing to do. They tried to reach out. We tried. And anyway, there was a distance where many relatives saw me, and I was like the outcast of the family. And so that was in my history. And so I'll never forget after I came to Christ, and I came to my dad, and I just, you know, Dad, I, I, you know, I made some really bad choices here. I, I screwed up pretty bad, and I just need your forgiveness. And his cliche was, you know, I've forgiven you. I, you know, a lot of men are like that. You know, it's all done, and this and that. And I said, no, Dad, I caused you pain in your heart. And I said, you're doing it from here. But I said, Dad, I need it from in here. And I'll never forget, he broke, and we both wept and cried. And it was one of those moments inside of our lives that I'll, I'll never forget that there. From that very moment on to the day he died, there was a bond that you could, it was, it was an inseparable bond. It was just, I could talk about anything with my dad. There's nothing that I couldn't talk with him, struggles that I had. There was nothing that I could not share with him. Not everybody has that. You know what I'm saying? Come on. But the Bible says this about you and I today. Put it up in there, 1 John chapter 2. Is it up? Is it up there? 1 John chapter 2. I'm going to have to open it up. Okay, it's, it says this for time's sake, verse 24, okay? My dear children, everybody say, come on, my dear. Oh, we're going to go in verse number 24. There it is. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught. Everybody say it with me from the beginning. If you do, you will remain what? In fellowship with the Son and with who? And with the Father. The whole epistle is on the fellowship connection point with God. Verse number 25. Uh, let's go right down very quick. And this is the fellowship we enjoy, the eternal life he promised us. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray, but you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, everybody say, when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame since we know that Christ is righteous. We also know that all who do what is right are what? Come on. Are God's children. Everybody look at this next verse and meditate and ponder on this till you get it in verse number, chapter three, verse one. See how very much our father loves us. For he calls us, come on, his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to the world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Listen to these here. Listen to this on the Message Bible. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up 
what we know is that what, what when Christ is openly revealed, we'll see him. And in seeing him, we become like him. And all of us who look forward to his coming stay ready with this glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model for our own. Come on, church. How many know he's our life, he's our strength, he's our bread, he's our nourishment, he's our shield, he's our protector, he's our rear guard, he's the author, he's the finisher, he's the beginning, he's the end. And he says to be confident of this very thing that he, that's God, not you, not me, not Kathy, that began a good work in you is gonna complete, gonna perfect that good work right up into the day of Jesus Christ. So if you're in process, just remember, God's not finished with you. God's not done with you yet. Can you all say amen? Why? Because he started it and he's going to finish it. And when he comes, it'll be constant. Let's all stand together as the children come in. Let's all get our offerings prepared and ready. Let's all give from the very, very depths of our heart. No gift is too small. No gift is too big. But together, it's going to make a difference in the generations to come. So we thank you in advance. Let's just enter in. We'll come up in a few minutes and have a few closing words. God bless you. Come on down, kids. Let them come in. Let's give God thanks for the kids. Weapons, go ahead. Thank you, Blades. Thank you, Weapons. You guys did amazing today. Father, as we go today, may there be reconciliation of families. May there be healing and restoration of relationships as we would initiate. You've even spoken in your word that if we know that a brother or sister's got ought against us and we come to the Lord's house and we're there, we remember that. Let us go to our brother or sister first, be reconciled, then come and worship. But we also know, God, that you said that if we don't forgive, how can we be forgiven? And so, God, heal. Just as you did that with my dad and I in that moment years and years ago, that ended up with a healthy, lasting, long-term relationship, may it be done for everyone in here. God, may there be suddenlies released upon them today, upon their families, God. People they haven't heard from, relatives they haven't heard from, loved ones they haven't heard from. There's been a total disconnect and broken relationship. But God, we decree you're the God of miracles. And as that man came to me this morning and heard just the simple words Kathy shared, that was his life. What she shared happened to him as a male when he was four years old and his life shut down till today. And so we just decree for many, it's a new day, it's a new beginning, it's a new start, and the page is gonna turn, the phone's gonna ring, because why? We're the ones that are gonna initiate and call and reach out to heal those broken areas to bring honor to you in Jesus' name, Dad. And Father, I pray for every yes, person today yes, that is struggling do. because it's Father's Day, mm. Lord, either because they've lost a father mm -hmm. that they love dearly or because they never had a father or a good father or because mm -hmm. they lost a child. Father, I just pray for them that you will be the comforter in their lives today, that they would focus on your love, on the victory that you've given to them. And Lord, that they will be thankful and grateful right. for all that you've done for them and all that you're going to do and that they have an eternal destiny that is good in Jesus' name. 
And all those watching by live stream, we say happy Father's Day to you from around the world. We love you and appreciate you. Thank you for connecting with us here in Windsor, Ontario today. Everybody high five five people around you say have the most amazing day of your life. If you need ministry or prayer, come and sign up. Remember the Golf-a-thon. There's a table right out in the foyer. Come on out with Pastor Rick and Kathy. Let's together make a difference. Sign up this morning. You're dismissed officially. The teams could come and pray. It'd be greatly appreciative.